0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, We discovered Stu's, I mean, really deep, deep hatred of Broadway and uh, people from Broadway. um, Or people that want to go to Broadway but could never. Hatred for the person who is now running the DHS uh, um, uh, misinformation board. Well, I mean, she may be a lovely person, but her uh, artistic abilities... uh They hit me in a way that I can't take. And, And because she is like that, you want her deported look I, I don't have control of this disinformation board yet but right. if i do in a future administration so then this should, might this might be a lesson mm-hmm. to those on the left mm-hmm. you may have control mm-hmm. of that board mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. but i might have it later <laughs> 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 it's a friday show you don't want to miss michael malice uh, bill o'reilly and so much more
1: the best of the Glenn
0: Beck program. So where are the men? Where are the men? Last night, I went to a concert at the Toyota Music Factory here in in Dallas, and uh, I saw a show with my my son and my son-in-law of a group called AJR. I don't know if you know AJR, but... Th- th- these guys, they're, th- they're three, as they said, three dorky Jewish boys uh, singing pop songs. And they started when they were 15, real prodigies, and uh, they're brothers, and they, they started making music, and they still make music in their living room. And I think probably about three or four years ago, my son and I took a trip across the country. And I was really having a hard time getting a handle on where his head was. And I said, um, "You you play the DJ, you pick the songs." And he said, "I don't know if you're going to like these guys, uh, but but I want you to you know try this." And I heard it, and the more I heard, the more I liked. And I understood my son because of the music he was listening to. And this was a, a real important point in his life and our understanding with each other here he is 13 and i knew he was afraid of something i knew he was he, he, he was just afraid um and the first song he played for me was this
2: my new address yes, listen I to lyrics remember, so i wrote it on the back of my head. It as a grown man, I'm not to lose. I only defenders. I'm packing up whatever I can. Been waiting for today, but all I can think to say is, Oh no, don't throw out my Legos. What if I can't let go? What if I come back home, back home? Oh no out my legos. What if I can't let go? What if I come back home? Back home. Can we keep my legos at home? Cause I wanna move out. I don't wanna move on.
0: Now he's you know at the time thirteen, and when that song played, I just answered, No. <laughs> we can't keep them, and your mom and I are moving the minute you're out of the house. But <laughs> uh Uh, I understood him, and the more I listened to this particular artist, AJR, the more their lyrics are, the the more the lyrics became something that, you know, I I wouldn't have said this because he would have immediately rejected it, but the more I was thinking, yes, continue to listen to these guys, Um, because they are, uh, last night at this concert, you really need to see it, especially if you have uh, kids, But I mean, the average age was probably 25 years old um, and it, it wasn't a bunch of kids. It wasn't a teen. This is not a teeny bopper, you know, kind of group. Um, uh, but it was so refreshing to see all of these. What are they? Millennials, 25 years old. Yeah, the millennials. They're listening to this group and, you know, arms raised up and singing these lyrics. These lyrics are so culturally interesting Important and rare today. The next one he played for me was uh, fantastic. A-, a message you never, ever hear. It's called A Hundred Days.
2: Remember when we all got drunk? I ended up with two broke thumbs. Oh my God, I felt so dumb. Lucky me. I wrote a song and no one knows I played a show and no one showed Oh my God, I felt so alone
1: bad days made a hundred good stories a hundred good stories make me interesting at parties
0: (laughs) isn't that fantastic this is the opposite that our culture is now pumping in this is the opposite they're saying how lucky am i i broke my thumbs how lucky am i that i i did a whole bunch of concerts and nobody came Because it gave me something. It gave me character. It gave me stories that are interesting. That is fantastic. Once you put it into context, as they do in the song, and the last part of that was, because I'm not scared of you no more. Not afraid. We are not addressing the real fears. Can you imagine growing up in this age, I cannot even begin to imagine kids are not going out and playing. You know, the one thing I remember growing up, especially every summer, was I was out of the house in the morning. I would do my chores and I'd be out of the house in the morning and I wouldn't come back and I didn't have a cell phone. Nobody was tracking me. Nothing. I didn't come back until the street lights went on. And we would go and play. We didn't organize a play. We didn't have, you know how important it is that your kids play without a referee? Your kids are out playing baseball, soccer, whatever it is, without a referee and without adults. They have to figure out how to get along, how to solve problems and arguments without others going hey you knock that off you only need that when they're breaking windows i know your parents knock it off but going out and playing organizing watching out for each other all of that stuff is lost on these kids it's lost and imagine i mean We are all thinking to ourselves, I don't care who you voted for. We all know this thing's coming apart. This whole thing is coming apart. So that tension is in them, too. What is tomorrow going to be like? They also don't have any idea of what can't be done. And so everything can be done. So there's no wonder anymore. I mean, I think that's why Elon Musk is so, at least this is why I like him. The guy is looking over the horizon and saying, don't tell me we can't do it. Of course we can. We just need to get all this other apparatus, all this bureaucracy out of our face. Let people do it. Because we're in a new age, we are having a problem now because our Congress is about a thousand years old. If you added up all their ages, you have enough experience to bring you back to the dinosaur age. They're not looking forward. Their horizon is maybe five years from now. And those are the people steering us. It takes youth to be able to look forward. It takes middle age from 40 to 60 to couple that with a little bit of wisdom. And then it takes the older generation to go, slow down, slow down. Right now, all we have is the slowdown. And it's not wisdom, it's greed and corruption that motivates them. I was talking to my sons last night. And we were talking about women and how to treat women. And, um, my son-in-law said, you know, I've heard you say it over and over again. And I've said it over and over again to my son. Hey, you don't treat women that way. Hey, you don't hit women. Hey, get the door for your mom. Show respect for women. And in, in you know, traditional families, at least, we are taught Boys are taught by their fathers and others how to treat a woman. He asked me. have, Have you ever heard anybody teach their girls how to treat a man? And I thought. No. I've never heard anyone say, hey. You don't treat a man like that. Have you? And in that vacuum, we have destroyed man. Men are not men anymore. They're really nothing because a man can be a woman. We are taking apart the genders. And once you take apart, this is the basic building block of all of the universe. All the animal kingdom, everything, male and female. An egg and the fertilizer. It boils down to science, not the science. But science, basic science, you destroy that, and everything else becomes a lie. Everything else. Because does it get any more basic than egg, fertilize, life, family, it doesn't. That's it. That's that's how it all began, gang. Even if you believe in evolution, uh, those monkeys were doing something in the cave. So we are destroying men, just destroying them. If you look at you know history, or you look at even the Bible as a history book. You will always see men gathering at the gates. Men gathering at the gates. Why? Well, the men watched for intruders. They made announcements. They carried out justice there. In the Bible, they convened with angels at the gates. The men at the gates. They were not only responsible for the physical protection of the city, but also the social and the legal and spiritual protection as well. The men at the gates. And some men... Met at the gate. They were protectors and supporters. Others were not. Others also uh, met at the gates, and they were the destroyers. So we still have men at the virtual gates, uh, but most of the men are destroyers, or they're drunk and asleep. And I don't mean I don't mean chemically drunk. I mean spiritually or temporally just drunk they're not on guard men are supposed to be protectors and leaders and supporters of their family and their community they they protect how many men are doing that right now protecting our communities protecting our families oh yeah, is cops do that leadership In 2022, this ain't ancient times, but it's not even the 1970s anymore. And we're not going back. And part of that is good. I mean, you know, 1950s, all women were housewives and all men work at the office and have a briefcase. Man, I'm glad those days are gone. I'm glad. I mean, I think everyone, Stu, that has been in charge of my television division has always been a woman, hasn't it? Last twenty years, uh, often yeah, 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 um, great, great. But where are the men? And I don't mean in position. I just mean where are men? Where are men that are willing to stand at the gates? See, what's going to happen is men are going to get really pissed off soon at all of this stuff because they're just being erased. And so there are men now that are coming back and saying, you know, women should stay at home. I don't know these people. But I am afraid that that will come We've got to go back to tradition. OK, all right. Male and female mom and dad. OK. But we need men who define themselves, men who serve, men who care. Most importantly, men who are driven by a moral code. Do we have a moral code anymore? You know, look at what we've done. We first destroyed all of our heroes. This is so brilliant in the way this has been pulled off. What did they do? They chipped away for a hundred years at anyone who could be a hero. By the time I was growing up, they had already destroyed the founders and everybody else. And now they were going after other heroes. There was no such thing as an American hero anymore. Someone your kids could look up to. And then the last part, heroes gave up on it. The people who used to at least, you know, try to do the right thing because, hey, the kids are watching me and the kids look up to me. That was over. Now it's like, yeah, I'm doing blow. What's the deal? Yeah, I was doing it at home plate. What's the problem? I'm no role model. You're a man. You should be a role model. People just gave up entirely on being a man. Well, we're at a place now where the men and the boys have to be separated we have to separate the men from the boys and i think we're starting to see some real modern day leaders ron desantis is one of them elon musk is another one this is the best of the glenn beck program and don't forget rate us on itunes Michael Malice is uh, with us, uh, another really smart friend. Uh, he is the uh, author of the Anarchist Handbook and the host of "You're Welcome." Michael Malice, welcome to the program. How are you? We've lost Michael. You know what this is? DHS. This is this DHS. is the first step the of, first of the disinformation board. Step. They're like Michael Malice, too dangerous. Yeah too can't be dangerous. heard. Yeah, M- delete him. Immediately, I, Look, I, you know, let me let me play. Let me play something. I think Elon Musk, uh, which I want to talk to Michael about. I think Elon Musk is the Howard Hughes of our day. Remember, Howard Hughes, richest man in the world. Howard Hughes uh, took TWA and made it a global airline. He changed mm-hmm. everything. He was under attack because the government was in bed with Pan Am and they called him in front of Congress trying to destroy him, and and this is how he dealt with it. Listen. Senator, may I ask a question? Well now, if you'll just wait till I issue a subpoena from Mr. Mars, I've asked you whether or not you would produce him, and you said you didn't know, as I understand. I don't remember if that was my answer. Well, what was your answer? I don't remember. Get it off the record. <laughs> <laughs> well now, Mr. Hughes, I'm asking you what your answer was. And we're not going to was. have this bickering back and forth. You are before this committee, and you're going to answer the question.
3: You asked me just now uh, about a reply that I made. My answer is, I don't remember. Now, uh, the man has well, taken him down there. Well, I'll ask you again. Will you bring
0: Mr. Mars in at the 2 o'clock session?
3: Uh, I, no, I don't think I will.
0: <laughs> will you try to bring him in? Oh,
3: no, I don't think I'll try.
0: Stop. That's that so is, good. if that's not Elon Musk, because he's just sitting there going, hmm, no, I don't think I'm going to do it. Uh, welcome to the program, Michael Malice. How are you,
3: Michael? I'm doing great. Thanks so much, guys.
0: So, um, I, I, you know, I, I look at Elon Musk and he's got to know what he's in for. But I think he's kind of like the modern day Howard Hughes.
3: I mean, you know how Howard Hughes ended up, right? I mean, <laughs> oh
0: yeah, uh, no, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's
1: totally how Musk is ending up,
0: isn't
3: this The end of
1: this, like, Musk is, you know, peeing into bottles in a theater. <laughs> like, I totally feel like that. It's at this end.
3: You know, his skin became translucent, yeah, and, and it was, it was, it was I really know. kind of uh, horrific stuff. And the yeah. air conditioner was covered in mold. Um, I don't think Elon Musk knows what he's in for, to be honest. You don't? Think, no, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I don't think even President Trump knew what he was in for. Um, I think mm. people don't appreciate the level of malevolence that the enemy class is capable of. And as a good example, of this is Brett Kavanaugh. If you sat down Brett Kavanaugh, who, as you guys know, worked for the Bush W. Bush administration, he'd been in Washington for a long time, and you sat him down, you said, you know, Brett, this is going to be an intense you know, confirmation process. What do you think is the worst that's going to happen? And, you know he would said oh they would make me out to be a racist or there's this one decision or you know this memo i sent to the president the fact that he'd have to be on martha mccallum talking about when he lost his virginity I'm right. sure never entered his mind mm-hmm. I, I will tell so, you this there,
0: yeah. there is um we call it a glenn beck tax um i meet so many <laughs> i meet so many people who are like oh no I, you know i don't care about that you're going to come under attack no I, I get it i'm tough and then they're like i had no idea What it's even like to approach the gates of hell until I said, I like you or I'm working with you and you don't really have an idea. uh, And I don't even have an idea um, what it was like for Trump and probably Elon Musk. You might be right, especially if you've been the darling of the other side. You're like, nah, there's some good people there that are going to defend me. No, uh -uh. they all they all shut their mouths.
3: And this is how it works. So he's got, not only does he have literal children, uh, he also has, you know, SpaceX, he has Tesla. These are all vectors for attack. And, you know, there's, it's very easy for any bureaucracy, and they already announced they're going to start investigating him, to start sniffing around. I mean, if you're dealing with space, I don't know how many treaties you must be, you know, that contradict each other, you must be dealing with internationally. There's got to be, you know, even if there's a completely clean, like an audit. You know, if so, if your your taxes are completely clean and you had the best accountants in America, it's still very easy for them to be like, "All right, we're basically going to give you, you know, a, a prostate exam uh, and just sit you down and go through everything." They did this to Andy Warhol every year for the last like fifteen years of his life. I know they did it to Ruben after uh, he endorsed Larry oh. Elder. They audited him oh, in yeah. California. So uh, I do not think Elon Musk has any idea uh, what he's in for because I don't think any of us has seen. You know the Full kind of scope. enemy class at yeah. this level of losing control. Yeah, Bill Twitter O'Re- got a president elected.
0: Yeah, Bill O'Reilly just said he doesn't. You know he thinks that this uh, Department of Homeland Security, you know, truth board is uh, is nonsense. It'll be overturned by the courts, and but it won't have any teeth. It won't do anything. I, I think he's wrong. I think they will use this until it's overturned in the courts. But they will just use this and go full steam ahead against their enemies.
3: Well, I, 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 I'll kind of take a moderate between the two position, which is in the same way now that let's was on Twitter, on Facebook or I'm some where I'm, you know, some department store. I can say, well, according to the SPLC or <laughs> according to this other organization, Correct. this person is a white nationalist. So I'm not firing them because I have my finger on the scale my thumb on the scale, I'm firing them because this other objective organization is telling me this is a bad person. Now they're going to say, well, mm. Department according Department of Homeland to, Security. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Daily Beast article, New York Times article, uh, John Smith, comma, who according to the Department of Homeland Security is a misinformation agent comma, and then the rest of the article writes itself. So that's how they're going to weaponize this uh, rather than some kind of explicit over the head Orwellian censorship, in my opinion.
0: So we have Elon Musk fighting back. Um, I think we have Ron DeSantis uh, DeSantis fighting back. I think we're starting to see some people who are like, okay, enough is enough. Um, Is this a trend? Are we are we starting to go the other way?
3: Let's hope so, because one of the worst things about Trump Is he broke the barricades, he knocked down the walls, he breached their fortresses, and then he just stood there making fun of them. Yeah, He didn't do anything to press the advantage. He didn't dissolve any department in Washington. He didn't cut the budget. He didn't, you know, kind of end any careers other than maybe some Republicans. So he, Trump, and the fact that he's still going on places like Piers Morgan and NPR and he genuinely thinks that he's going to be able to schmooze these people. And I don't blame him. His, his entire career in New York, you know, before they he loved got him. into politics was schmoozing. Uh, yeah. He was a darling of the view. People forget this. Yeah. Uh, as a New Yorker, like, you know, he was this big media personality and he still thinks and I think any president thinks that the power of their personality is enough to get people to like them, and he's really, really wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, Let me go to uh, the student loan uh, forgiveness. (laughs) The the Biden administration yesterday said the president's not concerned about this with inflation or anything else. There are so many things wrong with this. Talk about the student loan forgiveness idea.
3: Well, there is no group more privileged, and I'm not being sarcastic or ironic, than college graduates. It is the most correlated thing to not being homeless, not being unemployed, to being able to get a job. You have the most advantages on paper. It's more than being tall, being, you know, all these other uh, things that supposedly give you privilege. There's, if there's any group that I'm worried about with their debt, it's like the destitute, right? If you could wave a magic wand, what about people who are in credit card debt? If there was some way to help them with the huge interest rates, as opposed to college graduates who have that resume, which will get them ahead, it's, it's such so clearly a buyout of the worst people, which is, you know, young college graduates who are very, very opinionated and very, very unintelligent and uh, and, and unknowledgeable. It's just an awful, awful idea. Uh, this is a function of, you know, the government taking over, in large part, the college loan industry. Uh, and it, it's just, and frankly, what I think we should do is seize all the endowments of Ivy League universities and distribute that money as reparations and <laughs> pay off the debt that way.
0: I have to tell you, the, those endowments, they piss me off so much, you know, $50 billion in endowment. And, um, and what are they doing? They're not paying taxes. They are working against our system. They are churning out monsters. I mean, it is, those endowments piss
3: me off. Yeah, just just seize them, tax them. I'm sure Harvard and Yale have the best lawyers in America. They produce the best lawyers in America. They'll they'll have to be some workarounds, and this would really yeah, nip this is from. To buy. Wait
0: a minute, wait a minute. This is from an anarchist. You're saying you sincerely would support the American government seizing
3: the uh, the endowment funds. Let's just say taking the endowments from Harvard is my compromise position.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Michael, always good to talk to you. Have a great weekend, man. Take care, guys. You bet. Michael Malice. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. You know, Stu, I was just thinking about that triangle. You know, the Biden triangle, where scary is up at the top, sad is in the uh, bottom uh, right-hand corner, and then funny is on the other. I was thinking that for other presidents, that would be a square because he would also have good. Right there, yeah. There's no, <laughs> there's no, there's no place for a good there, comment. There is, there's not, <laughs> there's nothing that he has said that you're like, okay, well, that's good. That's gonna good. That's gonna be good for us. Yeah the joe biden gaff triangle of emotion does yeah, not have an opportunity for a positive for, comment no it doesn't it doesn't mm. uh all right i want to uh bring in a uh, friend of the program lisa booth she is now the host of the podcast the truth with lisa booth uh and uh this is uh from fox news channel she's a fox news channel uh, contributor and are we were we going to find your podcast on the fox news channel or, I, uh no, so
1: not Fox News, but iHeart, it, and it's launching uh, this Monday, May second. My first guest is Governor Ron DeSantis. He's my governor because I fled the communist state wow. of New York <laughs> and moved to the uh, Florida, and I could not be happier.
0: <laughs> oh, that is fantastic! <laughs> That's fantastic. I know
1: when, it was forty minutes, so and, and we got into all know important issues.
0: Could yeah. you, did you ask him the most important issue? Why will he not come on the Glenn Beck program?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see. I wish we had this conversation before I interviewed him, and yeah. I would have. So yeah, I did not. I'm yeah. sorry, I failed you.
0: <laughs> so, what did you learn from from him?
1: So, what I wanted to do was one. You know, we got into a lot of the, the cultural cultural issues. We talked about some of this transgender stuff that is happening. His yeah. fight with Disney. I talked to him about. I mean, you looked at that Rasmussen poll, I'm sure you saw it, where 51% of Biden supporters actually supported putting people who weren't vaccinated in designated facilities. 29% of Democrats supported taking the kids away from parents who aren't vaccinated. So I asked him, how close were we and how close are we to this becoming a reality? And so I, I got into a lot of that stuff with him, but I also wanted to get into the human side of Governor Ron DeSantis. So we spent time talking about fatherhood, mm-hmm. his push for his push for fatherhood in Florida to get father, fathers to step up, be accountable. We talked about his wife, his marriage. And so we got into, you know, sort of the nuts and bolts of how he thinks who he is. And so I, I wanted to kind of get a different side of him than, you know, people might see on tv you know in that 40 minute interview where i sat down next to him and you know got into all this stuff with him so it's really interesting
0: i love i'm 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 so happy that his wife is doing better now she was you know um uh, going through cancer treatments but so glad that she is uh doing better because i think she's the key to him she is more conservative than he is i mean she is you know you grow up and you're around um you know, communism, you kind of get it pretty quickly. And from everything I've heard, she is just she is she is, uh, you know, a combination of of Ronald Reagan and uh, I don't know, Mussolini, maybe a little bit uh, where she is just (laughs) like, this is not happening. And I love that because I think that uh, a lot of times the spouse throws people off track.
1: Well, and I've had the chance of meeting her a few times and, and she is lovely, she's all the things, she's so smart, just a really amazing woman. And, and so I was joking around with him. I was like, you know, I've had the chance of meeting her. She's awesome. And I was like, well, I guess that's why you married her. Yeah. And then we both started, you know, laughing about that because, uh, you know, and, and I asked him because there was this rumor that she's his most trusted advisor, that she's really the person he leans really? into the most. In politics, we get into that conversation. So it's just, it's a different side of him than, you know, people get typically with TV. So I really encourage everyone anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, you can go on iHeartRadio app, wherever else, The Truth with Lisa Booth. It's such an amazing conversation. You don't want to miss it with Governor Ron DeSantis. And then Thursday, I have an interview with Steve Bannon coming out. So it's going to be a banger week, a huge week, and just really interesting stuff. I hope everyone loves it.
0: And what are you approaching uh, Bannon with?
1: Well, he's brilliant. You know, I mean, this, I mean, you know this, Glenn, he's just so smart. And so we really talk about, you know, he was sort of one of the guys in 2016 that was really pushing this realignment in the Republican Party that we see now, where now the Democrat Party is becoming the party of the coastal elite. It's that headline we saw last year with AOC, AOC illegally parks her $60,000 Tesla outside of Whole Foods, right? Like, that's today's left, you know, and the right has really become this party of the working class, which is why you're seeing this growing momentum of Hispanics moving towards Republicans and just this, you know, the change in the two parties. And so I really get into that uh, at the beginning with him of asking him about, you know, his role in that, why that was important to him. You know, he grew up in a Democrat family, a working class Democrat family. Uh, and now, of course, is a conservative. And, and so we sort of get into that as well. Um, and just big picture immigration, not just, you know, what we're seeing, but what's the impact when you have millions of people in your country who don't share your values, to you know don't believe in the rule of law who, who don't believe in our culture like what does that do to a society so it's sort of just the you know trying to get into some of these deeper issues as opposed to just some of the surface level stuff that you know people are talking about so
0: when you talk to him uh, ask about the uh, the difference between big t traditionalist and small t traditionalist he's a He's a capital T traditionalist, uh, and that is a scary, scary thing. And most people just look at that and say, oh, he believes in traditional values. That's small T. Uh, And he just wants a return to whatever Um, traditionalists uh, is something brand new. And it's quite terrifying, actually. And he is a big believer in it.
1: Well, you know, I, I think there's a whole host of things going on in our country that, you know, are, are concerning. And so the, the what I want to do with my podcast is just, you know, I, I think we're sort of figuring out right now, especially after COVID. I mean, Glenn, you saw it like it, it's sort of scary how close and how susceptible America is to tyranny. Well, and look, I don't think this wasn't. Sorry.
0: No, I was, no, go ahead. Finish.
1: No, I was just going to say, you know, I'm 37 years old. I don't think I ever realized just, you know, how close we are to stuff like that in America. I mean, you you just just sort of always believe that, like, freedom is here and we're always going to be a free country, and and that's not the case. So the point of my podcast and and what I want to do with it is just have some of these deeper conversations to try to figure out, like, who are we as Americans right now? Like, what do we believe – As a country, what are we fighting for?
0: You know, you you said something really um, important. How close were we or are we because of covid with this ministry of truth that the DHS is putting together? It takes one emergency and that thing has teeth and you lose all your rights. I mean, you cannot have the government be the decider of what's true and not because the press was set up to challenge the power Challenge the government. How can you have the government say to the press, this you can report and this you cannot report if you want to be free? You can't. Well and it
1: also just shows that the left has no regard for our constitution or anything that this country is supposed to value because I thought the whole point of the First Amendment was to protect us against the governor or against the government, to protect our speech or ability to speak out and speak freely against the government. And here you look at the abuse of power that they're trying to win. I mean, they had the DOJ going after parents and we know the left. I mean, this is a party that is not afraid to wield government powers and abuse their opponents. We saw this with Obama using the IRS to target conservatives. Mm-hmm. We saw them spying on reporters. Yep. We saw what they did with the FBI and the DOJ going after Trump in a baseless investigation. And then basically, you know, giving Hillary Clinton and her team a pass for, you know, breaking their phones with hammers and deleting government evidence. Right. So, like, we know what they're capable of. So this is not just small ball stuff. And of course, they don't care about disinformation; They're the purveyors of lies. This is about stifling any opposition, controlling society, power, uh, making sure there's no daylight or accountability for what they're doing. That's what it's about. And that's why it's so scary. And it's how it's the DHS. They think we're terrorists.
0: I know it is. It's it's so bizarre as the media was the the biggest problem um siren on agencies like the dhs and saying you know after 9-11 they're gonna spy on us they're gonna you know make people disappear blah 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 they were clear on the dangers that that organization could um uh, could pose they happened to be more right i think than than i was at the time on the dangers of the patriot act and everything else um and and now They now that they have control of that agency, now they don't care. It was never about rights. It was never about anything other than power.
1: Well, 100 percent. And I, you know, I've just I've gone through, you know, personally and politically sort of this awakening over the past few years, really starting with Trump and, you know, Trump really exposing a lot of this stuff was happening in government, you know, with the FBI, DOJ spying on, on him that abuse of power with the government. And then Kavanaugh having the left be, have the audacity of basically accusing a father of two and a husband of gang rape. If they're willing to do that to him for political purposes, then they're willing to destroy anyone for political purposes. And then COVID and just seeing how the left doesn't care. They have no regard for just destroying lives, uh, you know, shutting people down, locking people down, destroying you know, small businesses, things that people have worked their entire lives for or have been passed down in their families just no regard for life, liberty, or anything. And so I've just, I've gone through this awakening of sort of realizing what we are up against. And then you look at that polling, as I mentioned originally with Rasmussen, I mean, these people literally, I didn't get the vaccine. They would have put me in a camp if they were able to do so. I mean, that's for real, right? And then now we've got what's going on at the DHS with the Ministry of Truth. So like, I am awake. (laughs) And I I think a lot of other conservatives are, I know you've been and you are, and you know, it's, This is serious stuff, and so it's scary where we are right now as a country.
0: We are literally at at war. It's just a Cold War, Um, but we are at war with ourselves in this country. Lisa Booth, she is the host of The Truth with Lisa Booth. You can find it uh, through iHeart Media, wherever you get your podcast. iHeart's Truth with Lisa Booth, and it premieres with Ron DeSantis on uh, on Monday,
1: Monday. Yep. Thank and Glenn, you. And I'm a big fan of yours. So I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Thank you. And don't let Stu ever talk you out of that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he tried, no, but I, no, I <laughs> know, I know.
0: Like, you am not supposed to tell him. I know. Lisa, thank you so much. God bless. <laughs> na, 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 na.